Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Dave here giving you my out-of-the-theater reaction to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, the conclusion of the trilogy, starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, blah, 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 down the line, and of course, the introduction of Jonathan Majors as Kang. Now, I am sitting here in my truck recording this on my phone, so I do apologize if the audio quality is not up to its usual high standards, but we wanted to give you this uh, review as quickly as we could. Uh, Ben's out of town, so just me tonight. Uh, I'm going to keep this thing spoiler-free best I can uh, and keep it short just to give you my quick reaction. Um, overall, I'm really mixed on this film. Um, I think i saw some stuff that maybe in, in the trailer people were complaining about the effects i thought the effects were just fine um my issue was with the action in this film it was really kind of all over the place the camera's just kind of bouncing around there's just a whole it, it, this movie is a giant mess as you might kind of imagine with the quantum mania stuff going all the craziness going on in the quantum realm i heard some comparisons to star wars i think it's a little closer to guardians of the galaxy but it didn't quite hit it's certainly as goofy as Guardians of the Galaxy, but it felt a little more fake, I guess I could say. Um, I was thinking back, it wasn't uh, thinking about the first Ant-Man movie. It was a very small film. It was really about the character um, of, of Lang. And, of course, then we got Hank Pym, who is himself just a really interesting figure, kind of a rogue figure, really. He just He's a genius who kind of does his own thing. He doesn't really play by anyone else's rules and kind of brought uh, Ant-Man into that fold. Uh, we're... And that's the same way going back to Iron Man, going back to the first Thor, which I recently rewatched. Um, it's really all character driven. This we're we're past character now, I guess. In these films, this is all plot. It's one hundred percent plot. And and really, there was something I heard from someone that said these the MCU has become less about movies and they're more sort of like feature length television episodes and after and I can't remember who said that but after I heard that I just have not been able to get that out of my head and I think that's kind of what this movie was this I guess would be season five episode one of uh, the, t the TV series called the MCU essentially that's what we got here this primarily I mean almost 100% was was a Kang setup and the way they did it was through Scott Lang going into the quantum realm um, a big Something that I, I don't want to give away, um, of course, we all know they end up back into the quantum realm, but the way they get there, I did not like at all. And a character essentially, by not revealing something to the rest of the world and the characters around themselves, um, kind of put the whole, everything at peril. Uh, and it was basically unnecessary, and that's the easiest way I could say that. Um, the dialogue, really clunky to me. 
uh, I mean, just kind of laughable dialogue at times. Uh, the humor didn't really work for me, but I did see this thing in a packed house, and I will say they were enjoying the humor. Certainly they were enjoying it more, I guess, in comparison to Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, and I will say at the outset, this movie is better than Thor Love and Thunder, if you were kind of worried about that. I saw some of the, the early Rotten Tomatoes reviews. I think it had it somewhere in the mid-50s. And I, I, I kind of get it because I'm really kind of conflicted about this movie. One thing I will say, it moves very quickly. It's pretty much nonstop throughout. I think it clocks in at just over two hours and it doesn't feel, it feels right at two hours. It even feels maybe a little shorter than that just in terms of, you know, there's no waiting around. There's, it never really drags at all. So credit there for sure. One thing is this Modoc character, uh, and if you aren't familiar with him from the comics, he's sort of sort of like a what do I want to say a Humpty Dumpty looking mf'er, just like a big head with small limbs, um, and you probably have seen um, on social media the just the giant face. It's stupid. It looks really stupid. It's dumb. And people say, "Well, he looked he looked like that in the comics." Well, maybe you just don't do that for a movie it, to me at least it did not translate uh, very well at all um of course uh, but just moving on here i'm just going like stream of consciousness because i haven't i'm literally just got out and sat in my truck and started talking uh so this is a little bit wild for me um kang that seems to be the thing everyone's pointing to and of course this is the setup for that that character and the performance by jonathan majors uh, it is, it's fantastic. He has a calmness, uh, and a confidence in his delivery, um, and he dominates all the scenes. You know, this kind of reminds me of, um, yeah, when we saw Wakanda Forever, I think we talked about this in our review, um, when, um, Queen Ramona, um, uh, and I'm blanking on the, the actress's name for some awful reason. This is really embarrassing. I know she got nominated for an Academy Award, and as I'm stalling, I still can't think of it. Uh, Angela Bassett. Yes, thank you. I'm not totally stupid. Um, whenever Angela Bassett was on the screen, she took over. She elevated the material, and as soon as she left, the whole movie seemed to go down, at least for me. And it's not quite that level where when, when Jonathan Majors isn't on screen, uh, the movie suffers, but he certainly elevates it. He really is the best actor, uh, at least in this movie, by far the best performance. I thought Paul Rudd, as much as I love him, he was very flat. They all sort of felt very flat. Michael Douglas had a couple of good quips in there, but he's just kind of there. Um, the, the whole movie is, it's not clear if the actors really have any idea what is going on, whatever facial expression they're supposed to be making or the things that they're reacting to. It all, it all feels very, you know, they're, they're probably in the volume stage. It's all CGI. I think really the only thing where there's a real setting is in the very beginning and the very end of the movie. Everything else is just feels like it's in the dome. None of the physics really work. That's what I was meaning about the action. Stuff is just happening. Um, this is di very different than, say, if you've seen Avatar, Avatar 2, The Way of Water, the way James Cameron shoots action, placing the camera in really specific spots, and everything flows perfectly. This was not like that. Um, not that you're necessarily expecting that. Um, but the, I didn't, the action just felt like a mess, and a lot of the movie kind of felt like a mess. Um, as I mentioned, the dialogue... The, just the screenplay, I mean, just to kind of in terms of story, it's just not that great. It's pretty weak, in my opinion. But 
I guess that wasn't the point of the movie. The point of the movie was to showcase Kang, to bring him into this universe. And it does a good job. You can see where, you know, he's the next big bad. How's that going to work out? Is he going to be anything close to something like Thanos? And I think we did see a glimpse of a character that could potentially rival Thanos. And certainly being, um, I think not being a, being a giant purple man is intimidating and scary, and it was certainly well voice acted by uh, Josh Brolin. But this is kind of another level acting, next level performance, and something a li- that's much more human um, that that can hit harder um, if they if they can actually you know if they well we know they're going in that direction, but if they, if they can't succeed at that, then I say yeah, Kang could be could be as good as Thanos. Honestly, and that might sound like over overhyping but i think um i think there's a lot of potential there and so at least for them to set kang up they didn't keep me in the in the theater for too long uh and they kept it light um as i mentioned the uh, the crowd really liked the humor uh and so hey for, uh, for the latest episode of uh the mcu I feel like I just don't want to give this a rating at all because I feel like I end up just sort of like, yeah, it's a three, it's good, and that's kind of where I'm at. But it feels, I would almost say to two, I would give two rec- two ratings rather, depending on who you are. If you love the MCU and you really want to see what's going on with Kang, or if you love the Scott Lang character, stuff like that, then yeah, go see it definitely. Or certainly if you know if your kids are saying they want to go, if you want to do like a family night, something like that, go. If you're more casual and you kind of have, I don't know how to say this, but a little higher expectations for the, all the movies that you go to, not just Marvel. You want to, you expect something at a higher level. I don't think this movie is really there. You can wait for Disney Plus to see it. So sort of those two camps. Um, I don't know that I can solidly recommend this film and say that it's really good unless you're really into the genre uh, and, and you know, your comic book movies are your thing and you always catch them. So that kind of, and of course you're going anyways, right? You probably walked into Thor Love and Thunder and I would hope you didn't think it was all that great, uh, which is funny because the, the more I thought about that movie, the more I hated it. Now I just absolutely despise it. But this one is not like that. Um, this is not a movie that is making fun of itself or the audience. Um, so... Uh, not like that at all. So yeah, that is my uh, just quick uh, off the top of my head kind of rambling uh, spoiler free review of Ant-Man Quantumania. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania rather. So uh, go ahead and uh, well, I'd love to hear if you guys see this, let, let us know what you think. Of course, you know where you can follow us uh, all the time at, at BlockbusterCast on Twitter um, and you, where you can find both myself and Ben. I think we've been a little... Uh, slack on the episodes, but we do have like I think two or three already queued up. So um, we're gonna get. We I think we just kind of hit a beginning of the year lull, uh, Ben and I. But we are uh, we're, we're itching to get back, and that's why I, I wanted to come out here and check out this movie and get you guys uh, a little a little some content and a review over the, the latest MCU movie. So we are excited. We're gonna have more episodes coming out. Uh, love you all. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode.